what might you do if you received a mysterious delivery but had no idea who sent it? What if that unmarked package contained an old diary with no explanation? That's exactly what happened to Angela. The only clue was a note. It contained just six words that were stuck to the worn front cover of the thick leather-bound book filled with hundreds of handwritten pages. The note said, use this as you see fit. The last entry of the diary, which seems to be filled with personal stories involving cannabis, is dated April 20th, 2022. It's intriguing. Who wrote the diary? Where did it come from and why was it sent? Angela, along with her friend Brandon, are ready to explore the entries to learn more. Even though they have no idea who the author is or why the diary was anonymously sent, they're both committed to finding answers. On this podcast, we're exploring the diary and learning more about the experiences of whoever wrote it. Through that exploration, hopefully we'll solve the mystery of the diary and why Angela was trusted with this extraordinary responsibility. Hi, Angela. Hey, Brandon. Guess what? What? It's 420! Happy 420, dude. Happy 420, dude. Sorry, I was trying to be like Oprah. Oh. You're gonna join! You're gonna join! <laughs> so, anyways, so it's 420, and what have you found? about 420 okay but first of all do you consider today a holiday and i'm not saying like holiday like you know there has to be a mandate for people to not be working but as far as a a recognized day on the calendar by a group of people where something very special is happening or could happen i suppose like a holy day well, no. Mm-mm. I mean, yes, a, that a, is a high holy day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm just. Is it really? Uh, you hear some people talking about it like it's a holiday. I think it's a cool day. Do you mm-hmm. consider it a holiday? Do you, would you ever consider taking off of work? Well, uh, I, not taking off of work. Maybe not being able to go into work. <laughs> not being able to get off the couch. It's interesting. There's a lot of movies that use 420 day as like a point of like of of uh, as a storyline driver not great movies i'm trying I mean, i'm trying to think of one that's a famous one going through uh, all those movies that are like the b movies on plex and all that there's a bunch of like these stoner films and they always have like the you know oh it's 420 we got to have a big day today and you know hilarity ensues usually there's some crazy things like a kidnapping or you know or something but in actuality, that probably wouldn't happen because it'd be too lazy to get off the couch. Well, I, but I think everybody celebrates differently, too. Not everybody wants to be, you know, uh, take a trip to oblivion, let's say. Mm-hmm. But I know that some folks get very excited for it. Then there are some folks that I know that are regular consumers of cannabis that mm-hmm. just treat it like any other day. What are, what are, what is kind of like the, an interesting place you've seen like 420 referenced? Like, um, as far as like just in, in, uh, in the world as you see on a daily basis or even as you see just, it's pick up through osmosis. Where do you kind of see that messaging? Um, I mean, you see it in all kinds of places, right? 
But, you know, when people are writing things, I, social media comes to mind at the top of the list, especially these days. There's more openness, I think, even though it's still in code. Mm-hmm. But there's more openness to use the code because it's so universally known. Um, I, I don't know. You just kind of see it everywhere now a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm still waiting for it to be on billboards. Well, I mean, sometimes it is, but it has been spray painted on there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> um, so whenever whenever you're going through the diary, did you happen to find any information about 420? Where what like kind of kind of what's uh, yeah, I, I'd love I'd love to know if there's anything that you found. Maybe a little a little entry. I've been waiting for you to ask since we started, which okay. feels like a million hours ago now. Uh, that is three minutes and f- 58 seconds. <sighs> well, it still felt like a long time. It's four minutes and 20 seconds ago. I- I'm, oh, I'm a little, <laughs> um, how many people do you think use 420 in their passwords? <laughs> I'm just curious. I- I'm not going to comment. Oh, you do? Don't say that. That's a security breach. Yeah, apparently. Well, so, you're not committing, so never mind. I would say, I would say, I would say. Give me a ballpark I, of the population. 4.20% of the population. That's a lot of people. Yes, it is. But I think, I mean, in, in America, so. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I would know. say. Yeah, I would say it's probably, it's probably a, a larger amount than what you would like to think. So. Yeah. Do you know, just kind of jumping back for a minute, I'm so excited to tell you what I found, but um, you know where else I've heard that there's a lot of 420 messaging is in like dating profile sites and things like that. Okay. Where that's the way to let someone know, I guess, that you're a consumer. on, on, On Tinder? Yeah, like I mean, I've heard that it's it's on all of the social media, or um, excuse me, not the social media, but all of the dating platforms on where, farmers only. Well, you know what? I yeah. bet seed. <laughs> yeah, so they plant there's a seed. A, there's a seed kind of connection there. Yes, that's true. Um, but maybe that's a different meaning <laughs> if yeah. you're on farmersonly.com. But I think that that it shows up there a lot, because, and that's all you need to do is write three little numbers, mm-hmm. and then you are saying without saying that you are. Yeah, they always have 420 friendly. Cool with with yeah. cannabis. Uh, and but from what I hear, you don't see as many 420 unfriendly or 420 ambivalent. Oh, mm, I don't know about that. I actually I think on some of those dating sites, I've been known to peruse a few in my lifetime, and I have seen a few that say no 420 with or without an exclamation point. No, with an exclamation point in bold big letters. I see. Yeah. All right. A different see? font too. So, uh, <laughs> so I really want to get that point across. Yeah, they do. Okay. They want to make sure. So they 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 are they are they are no bueno with the 420 on that one. This is why talking to you is always such an interesting adventure. Why is that? Um, because it's the details that you pick up that they put it in a different font <laughs> to make sure that you know. Yeah. Details and, and oh. font and grammatical error. Oh, well, that's unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. But what are you going to do? Well, you know, you don't want to end up dating a dum-dum. Uh, well, that, okay. But there are, see, this is the this is the thing, though. There's lots of different, like, ways of being, you know, smart, intelligent, that kind of thing. And I know. You, you think grammar is not as low on the list of. <laughs> well, 
people know. Qualifications for someone. <laughs> I'm saying that, you know, as someone, there's different As someone that has smarts. a master's when it comes to writing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so about this diary entry. Yes. I did. I yeah. found something. Okay. Okay, but first of all, let me say, I found a couple of somethings. Mm-hmm. So it was... There were a couple of references. I couldn't go. I haven't had the time to go like page by page and then read every entry because it's just too many. They're overwhelming. And like I said before, they don't go in order and you start to get a little bit of, you know, diary entry fatigue, if that's a thing, mental Mm -hmm. diary entry fatigue. Yep. So I did find some references to it here and there in the writings themselves. And I was actually thinking that maybe it's time to do... Like some type of, of like cross section research something. I'm not sure what the word is, but to go through and pull out certain things and then like categorize. I, I'll, I can talk to you about this later. But so that there's a searchable way to find uh. certain things, you know, because right now it's hard. Mm-hmm. We're all used to being able to search things with the touch of a button yeah. and like, you know, it's an Excel hard file. To, hard to search on a piece of paper. Or on, well, I mean, on, it just on something that's written on paper. Yes. Yeah. So, well, they used to do that. That was a thing back in the day. Right. And I think that we're fortunate that we grew up having to learn how to do that mm-hmm. before we could do everything with just a touch of a button because, you know, good foundational skills. But um, uh, it, it is different now looking at something that's in a lot of the times it, it's all handwritten. So I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm, I am tossing around the idea Um and there's usually, in case you're wondering, lots of ideas that come through while I'm looking at this diary. So much possibility. But anyway, I'm super happy that you issued this challenge uh, for this magnificent holiday, if okay. that's what you're into. Mm-hmm. And I did find an entry. And it's kind of interesting because it's actually more recent. Okay. You know, some of the dates, some of the entries that we've looked at are going back to the 1800s at this point. The 1800s, we've had, what, 1940s? We've had 1920s. We had one from the 70s. We did 1970s was that Boggle game. Yeah, exactly. If you recall. I do. So this one is dated April 21st, 2010. Okay. Which, you know, it's not, it wasn't yesterday, but it wasn't that long ago in comparison to some of the other entries that we've looked at. So are you interested in hearing what Mary had to say? I would love to hear what Mary had to say. All right. So it's dated April 21st, 2010, and it says... I'm trying not to preview this text, but you have to remember now I've read this all the way through. Mm -hmm. She cracks me up sometimes. She really does. So it says, Dear Diary, Huffington Post, you did it yesterday. Maybe we should call you Puff Puff Puffington Most! Exclamation point. And then next to it, to here, I want you to see, mm-hmm. there's a little, um, like, ha, like a little laughing face with a little ha coming out of its mouth. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'd read it if I saw it. Um, So it says next, sometimes I can crack a joke, sometimes not so much. I'm naturally funnier when I'm with someone else, so I've been told. Okay. Okay. When I got done reading that piece by Ryan Grimm, I was flying high. Oh. Oh. Well, that's a pun. Well, (laughs) one would assume. (laughs) I think so. 
Um, do you know any other puns about cannabis? Well, see, the thing about puns and cannabis is that the sky is the limit. Between all of like the grass and the grow and the budding industry and the you know uh-huh. high time and yeah. all of these kinds of yeah. things, um, the, it 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 feels wrong to just let them go. Even though sometimes I think they're pretty old. Like I've used a lot of them, and most a of the lot cannabis of that I know, yeah, you, you're constantly throwing puns in because the opportunities are abound. Oh, okay, but um. I think I like to think that I'm just scratching the pun surface. Okay. The problem is, is that at this exact moment, I can't think of any puns. Because the pressure's on, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think puns, puns come at a natural point. I think puns are hard to, hard to come by whenever you're in a pressure situation, like in a pressure cooker situation. Do you feel like you're in a pressure cooker situation right now? A little now? bit. Okay, well, let's turn that pressure down. Let's yep. open the lid. Okay. Um, and take it slow. <laughs> And it's not a pressure thing, but sometimes the, one of the hardest parts about cannabis puns to me is waiting enough time after it comes up to let the other person like or the other persons grab at it. Like, like, you know, acknowledge that the pun has happened because I'm, I, I'm so excited. It's like giving somebody a present and then wanting to unwrap it for them. Oh, and then it's just like a, it goes by them so quickly. You're just waiting for them to catch up. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it, I agree. It's something I have to work on. I understand. <laughs> like I completely acknowledge that. Well, uh, I'm glad, I'm, and I believe that we should have a joint decision and go on with reading more of the this diary entry. Okay. It was good. Little force, but that's okay. So yes, I will get back to the flying high uh, diary entry. And do you know who Ryan Grimm is? Uh, one of the brothers, Grimm. No. I, well, you know what? I don't know if he has any brothers. Okay. <laughs> so he could be. So, yeah. So technically, he could be a brothers, Grimm. Not sure. Um, was he a very happy individual? I I don't know. His... I just would. <laughs> You know, usually whenever you're with the last name, because you, you think about it, you know, you have the last name Baker. They were a baker. You have the last name Smith. They were some sort of blacksmith. If you have the last name Grimm. Mm. You're just a little clenched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because things are looking a little like. Yeah. Yeah. Just always. Yeah. It's just not looking good. Okay. Maybe. Not sure. He did not have a happy disposition on life. But what if he good did? Good forecast. Good outlook. You know, like when really tall people are named Shorty. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know, but I can tell you that he's a writer Okay. because I, I, because of you posing this challenge to me okay. to find this. Now I have some backstory. I've had the time to get some backstory. So what did he, what did Ryan Grimm write? Okay. Let's just wait for it. Okay. We're going to get here, but I just want you to know that he is a writer. Okay. Okay. So where was I? I was flying high. It's not because of what he said when it comes down to what 420 actually means, but it was great to read all about Warren and the Waldos and those dead shows and wavy gravy and just sit back and smile and think about all the good times we've had. And of course, it's no surprise that so much of the fun with these guys that it all started with a treasure map. A treasure map, you say? Yes! So an adventure. 
So you didn't even know when you put this out as a challenge that I accepted and now have delivered on that I would be able to give you access to a diary entry about a treasure map. And again, aren't all of the best stories just like this diary? We can literally hear you clap, uh, slapping yourself on the back. <laughs> Great job. Thank you. <laughs> Finally. We're all looking for a little validation. <laughs> okay. I, now that we've got that out of the way for the first time. Um, so this treasure map, do you want to know about the treasure map a little bit? I would. Oh, are you sure? <laughs> yes. Okay. You said that very matter of factly. So I just want to make sure. And so this... Well, I'll, let me tell you right now that I did corroborate this diary entry information with a real true story that was written, um, that was published in Huffington Post on April the 20th of 2010. Mm-hmm. And it's called 420 Meaning, the true story of how April 20 became Weed Day. Could you do me a favor and could you read it in the accent of Ariana Huffington? I will not. Okay. Anyways. I mean, I appreciate what seemed to be maybe some confidence, maybe some potential intentional mockery that was going to come your way. I am not going to be able to deliver on that, and I only feel half guilty about it. <laughs> so there is this piece that Grimm writes uh, as he investigates um, a little bit about where 420 originally came from. Okay. And I believe that last time we talked... Um, about the last entry, you had mentioned that you thought that it was a um, police code. Because I, I think did. that's what most people assume, actually. Yeah. I think there was always just like, yeah, turn four, I've got a, I've got a uh, 420 here. Um, yeah. May I proceed with... Uh, Do you think they ask if may they proceed with rah, rah, rah? <laughs> like, <laughs> growl, growl, growl? <laughs> well, uh, yes, I do. Okay. In, 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 in some instances, yes. What an interesting <laughs> kind of comment. Hmm. Um, so in this article that Grimm writes, he goes through and he puts forth all of this research that he has done um, about the origin of 420. And like, before I get into the actual like meat of what is being explored here, I will say that he does mention some like movies in other places where you see 420 making a, like an appearance. And it says that nearly all of the clocks in the pawn shop scene in Pulp Fiction, for instance, are set to 420. Really? Did you know that? I did not know that. Because I think there's there, you know, it's a subtle thing, especially more so f- farther back in time. Yeah. Where it couldn't necessarily be overt, but it was a little, a little nod, maybe. Yeah. Little nod, little mise en scene. A little what? That's the the idea that everything that's inside of a frame, whenever you're watching a movie, is placed there on purpose to have some greater meaning to go along with the film. Oh. So that'd be a very Tarantino sort of thing to do, where everything in the background would be okay. That's set so that gives a message to what he, what he's trying to convey in that film. Get out. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's really interesting. Um, I learn new things from you every time. Every time we talk. Um, 
Okay, so this treasure map, there's this group of gentlemen that mm-hmm. are referred to as the Waldos that, um, and this is, I'll just read right from the article. The Waldos got word of a Coast Guard service member who could no longer tend his plot of marijuana plants near the Point Reyes or Reyes? Reyes. R-E-Y-E-S. Reyes. Reyes. Yeah. Re- Reyes? Reyes. Okay. Peninsula Coast Guard Station. A treasure map in hand, the Waldos decided to pluck some of his free bud. And in case you were wondering... That the... sounds problematic, and that sounds dangerous. <laughs> but so they are... The Waldos are a group of five San Rafael high school friends that were known by the Waldos by virtue of their chosen hangout spot, a wall outside of the school. They are the ones that have purportedly coined this term in 1971. Really? That late? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And so Grimm goes on to write, the Huffington Post spoke with Waldo Steve, Waldo Dave, and Dave's older brother, Patrick, and confirmed their full names and identities, which they asked to keep secret for professional reasons. And so in the parenthetical aside what, what, what that Grimm they, writes what says, are they, what do they do now? Pot is still legal after all. Oh, okay. So, okay. but so we have to keep in mind this yeah. was written in 2010. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Although I think, and I'll have to look for it later in the article. Um, one of the Waldos ends up being asked to come and speak at like some sort of high, or like come and make an appearance at some sort of high profile, um, event as like one of the people. That has that that should be getting credit for coining this term, like a TED talk. No, 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 mm-mm. no. It says later on that Waldo Dave, I guess Waldo Dave. Um, he went to Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam. It says two years ago I went to Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam, which would have been two thousand eight. High Times Magazine flew me out, and it's a cult celebrity thing, is how it's being described here. Hmm. So while there is. It, you know, nobody in this article is saying that this is an absolute truth. Grimm has definitely done his homework about the origin. Yeah, I see. Okay, so there's more. Do you want me to keep going? Oh uh, Yeah. Okay. So where was I? We were at Treasure Map, right? Yes. All right. So Code Worms. Code, not Worms. Code Worms. No. <laughs> code Words. You could tell I'm really excited about this entry today. Oh, huh? Make a bird really happy. <laughs> Code worms. So let me start again. Okay. Code words are often formed out of necessity, you know, to communicate something in secret with only certain people getting to know what's actually being said. Nearly every friend I've ever had used code words about all kinds of things especially when they hang out with me. I get it. It's like you see in all those movies where there's a speakeasy and you have to get a password. You have to give a password to a set of eyeballs looking at you through a hole in the door with a cover that slides back and forth. You know, I played at a place called the speakeasy once. Mm -hmm. There was none of that. I didn't have to give a password or anything like that. They were just letting people right in the door. Were you disappointed? I was very disappointed. Because why? Well, because I wanted to feel special. <laughs> <laughs> they were there to see me. 
Oh dear, you are special. But I think I assume you like worked it up in in your head. Yes. To be this real I, like covert. I did. Yeah. There, there. Well, there was a place back in Chicago. There was a place back home that uh that actually ching ching. Um. Yeah. It was, and the name escapes me now. But it was like a cocktail bar, and so they that was that was their thing as they tried to like make it cute and kitschy like it's like a speakeasy and you go down this alleyway um it's like a blue light i think it was called the blue light i think that's what it was called but you go down this alleyway but you didn't have to knock on a door or anything like that i mean the door was open but i mean at least you got to go down an alleyway so i mean that's something mm, yeah but it doesn't feel as authentic does no it? it doesn't it doesn't i want to speak something i want to knock on a thing have somebody open whoosh, open the thing up and then look out be like password and then you you know you say I don't know, French bulldog. And then, Aww, yeah, and then they cute. let you in. So, and then in the, you know, we walk in and there's like, the, you know. Okay, you, you had real specific expectations. I don't <laughs> yeah. know that I would have, let's say, had that kind of like, this is the intro music I expect to walk into, well, but no, good you for you. You know, you walk in, you have the, the, the ladies walking around with the cigarette, like the, the things where they're holding the cigarettes and the, you know, where you can grab one out of there and they. Martini. And then and when, when there's a bust, then they flip them over real fast and yes. they're not cigarettes anymore. And they're Bibles. And you don't know how the cigarettes that were in the tray have now affixed themselves so as to not fall out the bottom of the freshly flipped board. Yes. Yeah, that's the plot line to that movie, Dick Tracy, from the 90s. You know what? Am I completely confusing most of my life with Dick Tracy? Um, we Maybe we should talk about that later because I think <laughs> it's going to take a while to wade through. Yeah, well, we um, all know we all know that Big Boy did it. Big Boy did it. Yeah. And what I think we should do What's is that? if anybody, you know, at some point hears us talking about this, if they want, if they hear about our desire for genuine, authentic, speakeasy, sliding door, password, mm -hmm. intro music optional, then they yep. should tell us about it and invite us. To a speakeasy. I mean, maybe not invite, you know, they, they have to deem us cool enough. And then we'll we'll get an invite. So maybe if we just put it out into the world like this, we're we're ready and waiting, and we're excellent speakeasy guests. We'll keep now, it to do, ourselves. Do you we won't have, talk about it. Now, do you have any experience when it comes to speakeasies at all? Well, I mean, like one. Oh, okay. <laughs> like there. <laughs> we we can't talk about it because well, a I speakeasy. mean, you're not supposed to. Okay. <laughs> but I but I think. That it was, I it, let's. I just want to do over. Sure. That's okay. Fine. So if anybody hears this and wants to put it out there, we're ready. And 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 we if we say we're going to show up somewhere, then we show up, right? Yeah. We have to guarantee that. We guarantee that we will show up anywhere, anytime anyone says at any point. No, I, I oh. would not go that. No. Far. Oh, we're not. Okay. But we are oh. very gracious guests. Yes. And we, we are. are go with the flow. Yes, as long as you have different various cured meats. No, that's not a requirement. Mm -mm. We can bring our own meats. <laughs> okay, can I get back to the diary now? Yes, you can get back to the diary now. Okay, so poor Mary wants a hole in the door with a cover that slides back and forth. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't mind the code since it often leads to an enlightening time. I've always wanted to pick the code names. Well, maybe just one for me and the family. <laughs> there are so many, but it's always picked by somebody else. Total truth. 
I've always wanted to be called. Okay, Brandon, I can't stop myself because I read this already. Okay. Do you know what Mary wants one of her code names to be? Ooh. Like one of her choices for what she would pick. And I'm assuming a code name that involves her and it, because she said her and her family. Ah, then it's not Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Which is a cool code name. That right. would be like the code name I would want. But doesn't that sound too much like a code name? Yeah. Like, aren't you supposed to pick something that's not? Yeah, like Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> that seems strangely appropriate, but yes, yeah, yes, yeah. like Glenn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, but something else. Like it should be like. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the code word criteria is. Okay, mm-hmm. so do you just want to hear? I would love to hear what it is. Um, she's always wanted to be called the certain curtain. What the fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it is a holiday. <laughs> yeah. I almost got all the way out. Didn't get all the way out. <laughs> the certain curtain. That. Well, that could go. That could go. Or, mm. Why don't I just read why she is saying that? I told some friends about it a few weeks ago after, over a slice of cheesecake. Curtains mm. are used to let something in or keep something out. Stick with me and you'll see the truth with certainty. That's what happens when a curtain gets pulled back or pulled closed. So by that same thought process, it also could be like the more door. Oh. Is this a door? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. So, I, but I think that if it's if you're walking up to a speakeasy, do you want it to have door in the thing? Although curtains, same same kind of thought process. Not sure, but I like the more door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not bad. That's my new. That's my new nickname. The more door. The more door. I think we could probably do better. I'm just, I, like I can help you work through this. I do have a master's in writing. <laughs> Fair. Um. So, let me keep going. Grim got it right. The dead underground was how it spread. Oh, and there's some little um like musical notes, like a little like drawing here in the um margin. So the dead underground was how it spread. And when you think about what every dead show is like, it makes sense. What do you think that means? Uh, camaraderie, togetherness. Um, uh, also, the open use of of psychotropic drugs. That, I mean, that kind of was a... That really kind of w- was a part of the whole dead scene, especially back in the 60s and early 70s and the late 70s and the early 80s and the late 80s and the 90s. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah. I do. And there's a lot in this article, there's a lot written about the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. And because apparently, you know, the the Waldos were fairly close to where um, the dead either practiced or spent a lot of time playing or something like that. Let me see if I can find it because it was, it was a definite tie. Um, And, you know, I think access and that's part of why 
when Grimm has done his homework for this research, there doesn't seem to be any record of 420 prior to what the Walders are saying, right? Mm -hmm. So there was nothing to look at in comparison where there was some sort of prior usage. And then the way that they have documented this, I'm going to send you the link because the whole, the whole, um, piece so, is really interesting so well, the waldo is kind of kind of like the merry pranksters in a way well no i mean uh, no because they were just some kids that ended up using um this term because it had to do with when they were meeting okay so the waldos were all at this is what it says in the article the waldos were all athletes and agreed to meet at the statue of louis pasteur Outside of the school at 4.20 after practice to begin the hunt. Because remember, I told you about that Mm -hmm. treasure map where Mm -hmm. they were going to try and go find some unattended bud. So they would remind each other in the hallways that they were supposed to meet at 4.20. And it originally started out as 4.20. And I'm saying Louis. Like, that's correct, right? L-O-U-I-S. For Louis Louis Pasteur? Pasteur? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it originally started out as 420 Louis, and we eventually dropped the Louis, Waldo Steve tells Huffington Post. And I bet you're wondering if they ever found the hidden crop. What would they remember if they did? (laughs) (laughs) This is an excellent question. (laughs) Um, So according to what the article says... Mm -hmm. Uh, the first forays out were unsuccessful, but the group kept looking for the hidden crop. We'd meet at 4.20, get in my old 66 Chevy Impala, and, of course, we'd smoke instantly and smoke all the way out to the point and smoke the entire time we were out there. We did it week after week, says Steve. That would hmm. be Waldo Steve. Hmm. But we never actually found the patch. Hmm. I know. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not there anymore now. But if you had a choice, I mean, obviously they didn't know that their little conversation was going to become a major um, phrase of cannabis culture for decades and become a global reference. Well, that's true. But then who's the one to crack the code? You know, you got Waldo, Waldo, Steve, you got the other Waldos, and then, you know, you hear someone else in the hallway hear it, and then they tell their other friends and other friends, and it kind of just explodes. So, really, yeah, it'd be kind of um, how a lot of that lexicon of language works, where it kind of just ex- explodes out over time and becomes larger than life. Well, this one has become larger than yeah. life. So, if you had the choice between having a successful treasure map find the plant, okay. or influencing global culture for decades to come which would you pick and obviously there is only one right answer well how good's the weed oh (laughs) (laughs) spoken like a true cannabis there's always time to create culture later you know so (laughs) okay so you and i see this one a little different um so it goes on to say they did find 420 to be a useful code word. I could say to my friends, I'd go 420 and it was telepathic. He would know if I was saying, hey, do you want to go smoke some? Or, hey, do you have any? Or are you stoned right now? Mm-hmm. 
So it becomes this catch-all. And we do have certain words, certain words that we cannot necessarily say. Yeah. Um, but there are certain words that that um, do the same kind of thing. And there's only so many of those kinds of words that can have so many different meanings. So the Waldo Steve said, our teachers didn't know what we were talking about and our parents didn't know what we were talking about. So Grimm goes on to look at how the, the rest of the article is addressing what he's calling the bigger question. How did 420 spread from a circle of California stoners across the globe? And it goes on to describe that the collapse of San Francisco's hippie utopia in the late 60s set the stage. Um, when the Grateful Dead picked up and moved to the Marin County Hills, um, which happens to be just blocks away from the San Rafael High School, mm-hmm. this is the convergence. This is where the, the magic happens. Okay. So, and Waldo Steve goes on in the article to say Marin County was kind of ground zero for the counterculture. Hmm. So, um, there's more diary that I, I, I'm sorry. I was just so excited to be able to talk about this one that I interrupted myself last time. (laughs) So we were talking about dead shows and it says, I love concerts and this, I I need you to see. So do you, do you see what it says about love? Hearts on it, hearts around it. And right. all over hearts, and and it's like love, like that, like Mary really meant. She doesn't she just enjoy love. them. No, she loves concerts. And then this part is is like all of these words together with hyphens in between them. So I'm going to read it how I imagine that Mary wrote it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it says, "I love concerts. I mean, absolute in the moment that feeling music had when it lifts you up and captures exactly the right feeling. Love in caps concerts." Yeah. 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 It's not all I do, but it's always been important to me and so many of my friends. Whether it's realized or not, most people enjoy the connectedness that public performance brings. Oh, that's just like what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Mary goes on to write um, that perform- public performance brings from the group outing or to the solo showgoer. Well, in the case of like, of like the uh, the whole dead thing, writing about it, um, that's kind of the idea when it came to like a lot of the fans that are following them or were following them or whatever inclination or the bands that came out of those bands that came out of those bands that came out of those bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all like it's it's a communal sense, you know. It's a because uh, every show is supposedly quote unquote different, depending uh, more improv- improvisational and stuff like that. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things like you don't have someone go and spend 20 days in a row following um, Imagine Dragons around the country. I mean, I guess maybe there is, but it's not going to be the, the same 30,000 people that do that for the Grateful Dead, you know, or Fish or something like that. So, yeah. Hmm. But so is that all maintained like as strong with people following or increased in strength and reach and all of that? Well, I think it's probably maintained. It's probably stayed the same, if not increased. Okay. So, yeah. And all those different groups, always they all have little 
offshoots of other things and other bands that have come and gone and, and people follow them. And so, yeah. Well, and the, the interesting thing, what struck me about this particular article and then this diary entry is it happens to continue to align with this, this reoccurring theme in cannabis history where it has to do more with the like happenstance or one person like being an influence or not maybe not just one person but like a small group where then things change but it's not it has to be like a something that organically happens mm-hmm. so in the in Grimm's writing he he goes on to write that he found out the Waldos had more than just a geographic connection to the dead. Mark Waldo's father took care of real estate for, for the dead. And Waldo Dave's older brother, Patrick, managed a dead sideband and was good friends with bassist Phil Lesh. Mm-hmm. Patrick tells the Huffington Post that he, smart, that he smoked with Lesh on numerous occasions, and he couldn't recall if he used the term 420 around him, but guessed that he might have. And the, the, the next level of research is um, Waldo Dave talks about how they had this rehearsal hall in Front Street in San Rafael, and they used to practice there. So they'd go and hang out and listen and get high while they were practicing for gigs. And that it's possible that the brother, Patrick, had probably spread it through Phil Lesh. And then maybe him, too, because he was hanging out with Lesh and his band as a roadie while they were working on a summer tour. Okay. So I guess if you just start to use enough stuff, then it ends up like just kind of sticking. And when somebody passes a joint or something, Hey, 420. And so it starts spreading through the community and they, at a recent dead concert, when this was written, um, Lesh confirmed that Patrick was a friend and said, and I quote, wouldn't be surprised if the Waldos had coined 420. He said he wasn't sure, but he couldn't rem- and he couldn't remember the first time he heard it um, and said he was sorry that he wished that he could help. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a lot of time <laughs> on the road. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a lot of time what, on the road what, and a lot of what, cannabis what, during that time. Yeah. Plus you're four livers deep with, uh, with Phil Lesh. So <laughs> It's going to be hard to remember a lot anyways. <laughs> but so I think that the while I don't have anything definitive from the diary so far, you know, about 420. And I assume that I'll just keep my eyes open for it as I continue to review the entries. This very much like aligns based on Grimm's research with a, a very strongly supported theory. And then Grimm goes on to say that uh, they asked Wavy Gravy, who is a hippie icon uh, that hung out with the dead for decades. And um, would you like to know what Wavy Gravy, the hippie icon, responded back with? Can you do it in Wavy Gravy's voice? I absolutely will not. I'm not good at voices. Okay. Um, and and yeah, I'm just not. Okay. But I, I I will try and do better for next time. How's that? Sounds good. I will try and commit to a voice of some sort. Um, but so asked about the origin of 420, Wavy Gravy suggested it began, and I quote, somewhere in the foggy mists of time, what time is it now? 
I say to you, eternity now. So mm-hmm. not particularly <laughs> not helpful. Yeah, that's not helpful at all. But quite an interesting quote. <laughs> it's it's a quote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a certain time that he was caught saying that quote. <laughs> so there's one more section left. Do you mm-hmm. want me to read it? Yep. I mean, man, challenge accepted and totally delivered on, right? Yeah. When it comes to finding this diary Horns entry. are a tootin' right now. Right. I know I'm waiting for more of that. Yeah. Yes. I do yeah. accept the fact that I did a good job. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, do, do, do. I love that 420 has brought so many people together and that it's like a little secret shared, which helps people bond and trust. Aw. I'm not so sure about the karmic cost. I mean, come on. And come on's underlined. Mm. These guys should know that it's all about the person and the body they bring to the consumption in that moment. But I do know that on my headstone. Oh, I forgot that we went into headstone territory here. Um, and before I read what the headstone would say. Did, do you want me to tell you about this karmic cost reference? Sure. Okay. So towards the end of the piece that Grimm writes, uh, Waldo Steve, who is um, interviewed about, you know, what he's doing. Um, and Steve says that he keeps in touch with all of the other Waldos. He says, I've got a business to run. I've got to stay sharp, says Steve, explaining why he rarely smokes pot anymore. Hmm. Seems like everybody I know who smokes daily or many times in a week, it seems like there's always something going wrong in their life. (laughs) Professionally or in their relationships or financially or something. That's the karmic cost. It's a lot of fun, but it seems like if someone does it too much, there's some karmic cost to it. Well, we all know a stoner Steve. We all know a stoner Steve, or a, but... Or a, or a burnout Betty. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that you didn't go with burnout Bernard, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> But here's the thing, right? Like, while that is an interesting position to have, hmm. I'm a little surprised. And I think that this has to do with this, how cannabis rises and falls in this life cycle. And it has to do more with the stigma yeah. than than other things. And you would hope that, you know, Waldos and people that were... So let's say enriched, and I'm certainly not advocating for consumption before it's legal because yeah. I believe in the the 21 years old to be able to consume because Dr. Rachel Knox has told us that the endocannabinoid system is not even fully developed, but I'm, I'm not going to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the karmic cost thing was a little like, a uh. <laughs> little bit, a little bit, a uh. little bit. All right. So back to the headstone. What's it say in the headstone? But I do know that on my headstone, it'll say she knew how to help people and she loved every minute of it. Mm. Right? Yeah. That Mary. That Mary. Sometimes I feel um, just like 
I think the right word is just honored or maybe privileged to be able to read all of this experience. And, you know, we've been looking at these diary entries for a while and I still am not quite sure what we're supposed to be doing, you know? Well, like she was a helper. How are we helping? And I also don't think that she was very high maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Funny pun. (laughs) Well, I had a, I had a, I had a, a fun time. (laughs) <laughs> finding out about the the origins of 420 or the supposed origins of 420 because you never know because it's mystical like it's smoke you know so okay yes it, it could be mystical or this could be the actual truth it, 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 it could be and don't you don't you find it to be interesting that mary chose to write about this and her first her first set of sentences was Huffington Post, you did it yesterday, exclamation point. Maybe we should call you Puff Puff Puffington Most, exclamation point. Puns are fun. (laughs) Well, that one's not a pun. That was just (laughs) a really, I mean, no offense to Mary, like cheesy kind of joke. But I get the sense that she is endorsing this as a truth. Mm -hmm. But I guess we'll never know for sure. No. We never will. So until Mm. next time. Well, okay. This was a very interesting challenge. And it sounds like you were pleased and satisfied with the, you know, hunting that I did to find this. What I'd like to throw out to you is. Let me guess. What? I would like to. I I was wondering if it might be something about hemp. Why? I don't know. It just seems like that'd be a natural occurrence right there. Like more information about yeah. it? Like you're interested in learning more about I it do. from Mary's perspective, who we've now determined is a really credible and reliable source for I cannabis really, history I really, Yeah, I really do. I want to kind of figure out, because hemp's that misunderstood, that whole misunderstood situation when it comes to hemp and just how powerful and, and all that hemp is and just how it's like, it's not, it's... I, I think there's more to the story that people need to know. Well, if Woody Harrelson has taught me anything, dot, dot, dot. Oh. Are you intrigued now? I'm intrigued. And you know what? What? You're my best bud. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent one. Join us next time for Use This As You See Fit, The Diary of Mary. <laughs>